May God be with you all. Um, if you do, the podcast will suffer because I have an opinion and I said it, bitch. Because, <laughs> but that is a uh, irrelevant and not on top of pick up. All right, guys, welcome back in the heated agreement. We uh, we have our weekly segment going on that we're going to try to get string on every once a week to talk about the A&M game from the past week and maybe do a little bit of look forward to what's going to be coming up the following week. This week we're going to be covering obviously the opening week against Vanderbilt. Depending on how you look at it, it was uh, there was a lot that you kind of wish you, you would have saw a lot more, left a lot to be wanted on the field. But at the same time, there were some bright spots when you go back and watch the film. We're just going to kind of break down what we saw, what we think, and kind of just dive on into it, get four different opinions. I'm joined by Flounder and James of Heated Agreement. Woody will be with us shortly. Um, String, you want to go ahead and give us kind of your opening thoughts on the game in general, um, just kind of what you saw, and I guess maybe your first and worst moments of the game. Yeah, or- sure. Uh, um, so I think that there's like my, my, my first impressions of the game, like meaning Saturday night after like the, it was it was a pretty fast game. I think it was over by – you know, 930 or 10, um, you know, my first impressions were, were pretty damn depressed about everything. Um, and just, you know, like we, you know, Vanderbilt took us to the fourth quarter. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty fucking depressing, you know, but uh, in, in after, after relooking at some of the stuff, after rethinking about it, I don't think it was as bad as I made it out to be in that original moment. I think Vanderbilt kind of did what, we hope to do to Alabama this weekend. Do we hope to control time of possession or win time of possession? They won time of possession. They hope to limit our, our, our possessions. And I think that somebody on Texas posted that I think we had a total of nine possessions in the game um, or nine workable, usable possessions in the game, three of which ended up in turnovers, which I'll talk about. One of them ended up in that really bad decision from an ice to run the ball out of the end zone. So essentially we had four, four possessions and I think we had like you know three scores and a punt or something to that effect and so yeah. like when we had the ball we did well and I think credit to Vanderbilt and their game plan and fuck credit to Ken Seals too kids a baller you know um yeah I think defensively we made we adjusted you know I think I was a little surprised by how much Ken Seals was lighting us up in the first half and he he threw some he threw some dimes like there were some 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 tough coverage balls that he threw pretty well but we shut him down pretty darn good in the second half. I want to say that in the second half he was like 10 for 15 for 65 yards and two interceptions. So we figured something out with him and I think in the second half too I want to say they only rushed for about maybe 30 yards like we shut them down in the second half yeah. which is what we should do with a team like Vanderbilt. Um you know offensively we were super as cliche to say we were super vanilla. Like we didn't want to put much on film for Alabama. Cause I think that when we, the rest of the season long, I think we're going to see a lot of Kellen in the Kellen in the pistol, Kellen and shotgun with two backs behind him. I think, you know, two backs and one tight end is going to be our base formation all year long. And we barely saw that all. Oh, we barely saw that throughout the game. So I think that, that that's something to be said, you know, the concerning part about that is that like, 
against a team like Vanderbilt, if you can't run your vanilla offense to perfection, that kind of gives you concerns as to whether you can run the razzle-dazzle against Bama, you know? Yeah. Um, I thought that the wide receivers struggled a little bit, but overall I thought they played pretty well. I mean, I think we had like four or five drops, but honestly we've had drops for the past three years, and I think that's just part of playing wide receiver at A&M is you're going to drop the ball sometimes. Um, you know, I think that part of – Wiedermeyer had a rough game, and I think that we need Wiedermeyer to be successful, but he's got a lot going on in his family. I think his grandmother died recently, and, you know, yeah. more – like, I understand that. Um, I thought the running backs played well, and Nias, like, dude, dude has burst like we haven't seen in a long time. Um, Spiller played really, really well. Um, you know, I wish we'd given him the ball more, but I think we're saving him a little bit for Alabama. I thought the offensive line did a good job with pass blocking. There was a lot of clean pockets there which is really, really good to see. I thought that run blocking left a little to be desired at times, but that's okay. Um, and then Kellen, man, like, you know, I love the guy. I, I, I will I will forever root for him. And I think that – I think that, he, that what he offers on the field, what he gives you the potential of, makes up for the shortcomings except for the turnovers. Like, yeah. the turnovers are, are – you know, now, you know, thinking back on Oklahoma State and then moving to now, you know, we're talking two games with three-plus turnovers. That's an issue, man. Like, and in, 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 while I still think that I don't know what we have behind him in Calzada, I don't know what we have behind him in King. I mean, at some point, you got to think that if he's, if he's hurting the team with those turnovers and those aren't getting fixed, you got to wonder – do we move away from a negative to a net neutral, if that makes yeah. sense? I, I don't know the answer to that question. You know, I don't I, 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 I don't really know. The turnovers were so frustrating because, well, one of what you know was the sack fumble. Right. Um, the blame, blindside gets beat, it's going to happen. Um, but we can't, you can't have those fumbles where you're running and you're about to take contact and you're falling down, sliding down, and you're losing the ball there. That, you just get down, you're a quarterback, you get down. Or you protect the ball. You can't have those anymore. You're not a freshman. You're not a sophomore. You can't have and, those. And the same thing with exchange issues. Like what Spiller had. I can't remember how many carries oh, he had man, last that year. But he had be a touchdown. Eight hundred some odd carries. You know, or eight hundred some odd yards last year. Like it, it still boggles my mind that we're having issues with the handoff. Like that. That's a problem, man. And and. and you know, and, and so, so, you know, I was looking back on it and I have been fervent team Mons. You know, I think I get a lot of shit on Texags for being a homer and I'll, I'll own that completely that I'm a homer for him partially because I'm tired of people shitting on him for everything he does off the field. So I'm going to have your quarterback. Back, you know? Yeah. He's your quarterback. quarterback. That's how like, you're supposed no, to be. There's no value to me in, in, in talking bad about him. He's, he wears the same ring I do, man. But, you know, that being said, like I was going back and I was looking at some of the stats and somebody was asking, what is the reasonable expectation that Kellen will pick it up? I'm like, you know, that's a really fair question. So I went back and looked and I'm like, you know, well, last year he had um, a turnover and an interception against Arkansas and then turned around the next week and played pretty damn well against Alabama. Like he was our leading rusher through for about 260 some odd yards like had a good game the following week against Alabama. Similarly, um, he played. Uh, we played. Um, uh, we played Ole Miss, and I want to say that he had a number. Uh, he had a couple of interceptions that were 
in you know in my from what I remember were pretty boneheaded interceptions. And he came to the next week and played South Carolina and had a pretty damn solid game where he was at you know he was on the upper side of average for Kellen, which is about 63, 64% passing, taking care of the ball, running the ball when he needs to and stuff. So I, I expect Kellen to have a bounce back game against Alabama. Um, but I think that if we're working in week two out of, you know, basically if you know one fifth of the season is gone and if he has the same turnovers that we have this week, I mean, I think that at some point we got to, there has to be a conversation of is he helping the team or is he hurting the team? Without the turnovers, I think it's a no-brainer. He is he is helping the team with the turnovers, especially when we're talking about Jimbo Fisher's offense. Whether you know, Jimbo says he wants to run seven to eighty plays a game, it's not happening. We're running fifty or sixty. Mm-hmm. You know, if out of those fifty or sixty plays, three or four of them end up as turnovers, you know, there there there's a there's a conversation to be had as to whether that is that that is in our best interest as a team i guess yeah yeah so kellen kellen as a passer was he had a pass to jalen preston going towards the south end zone and i think it was maybe the second or first quarter and he he had a defender in his face and i think he threw it up thinking preston was going to run underneath it and it was nowhere near him and then we had another one in the going into the end zone where he threw one way over Jalen Preston's head again. Um, he threw one. He had, he had about four or five throws that were just very bad. And Are you talking about the, had, in the north end zone? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, there was two plays back-to-back where he was just late. The, the guys open and the throw was late, so he ran out of room. Yeah. So, he he had about four or five really bad passes. Then he had about five or six drops. And then the rest of it was what you expect from a Kellen Mond football game as a passer. Yeah. But it's kind of like James said, the unacceptable part is the one where you pull the ball out of Spiller's gut and you're about to run for a touchdown. You can't drop that ball. Yep. Um, but, you, and as much as Texas wants to trash Kyler Murray all the time about him sliding in baseball and stuff, Kyler, 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 the way he pops down real quick and pops back up, he's yep. never going to fumble the ball by getting hit. Uh, they'll, they'll review it every time. They're like, yo, he was down and up before the ball even got out of his yep. hands. Like, well, and you know, uh, that can't happen. You know, even with, when you're talking about his passing, like, this is where I – this is where I'm trying not to be too much of a homer, but I'm also trying not to be too much of a, uh, like, too critical of him. I, I, I And I don't know. It's difficult to do because he was what – he was seventeen on the game. He was 17 for 28, right? Give him five drops, okay? And yeah. I think that that's a pretty reasonable thing that he had five drops. That's 22 for 28. That's 78%. Yeah. Right. You know, if, if your quarterback is passing at 78, 79% and we're, and we're nitpicking the four or five overthrows, to me that's nitpicking. You know what I'm no, saying? No, I agree. I agree. I was yeah, – so well, I, but then on the flip side of it too, like he's he's you know when you got a Anias wide open in the damn end zone, yeah, you gotta right. hit that you gotta hit that pass. You know what I'm I, saying? And like, I think the I frustration struggle with all this. I think the frustration for a lot of fans is that he he wasn't great down the field. A lot of the accuracy, yeah. the conservative game. We had a lot of short passes, screen passes, dump downs, which I'm fine with. I'm I'm fine with that offense, especially you know you didn't want to show a lot going into Auburn, uh, Alabama, like you said. Yeah, offense works. You know, but every now and then when you get the open shot to nice, that's the ones you got to hit. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the thing, too. I think that, like, that's the 
and thinking about the calculus associated with the offense, we got to think about what is the value of those downfield shots. Mm-hmm. And if we place a high value on those downfield shots and those make the offense go, I think Kellen, the, the reality of the situation, and part of the reason that, that I can't bitch about Kellen is he has shown us who he is for the past at least two years. We mm-hmm. know who he is. We know we can wish until we're blue in the face that he could hit the long ball. The reality of the situation is that the arm is going to be there. The distance is going to be there. The touch is not going to be there. That, that's who he is. You know, we know that, you know, and, and to me, like, there's an old saying you can, and I don't like, I don't mean this to, in, in an offensive manner, but you can, bl- you, like, you don't blame the horse for shitting in the kitchen. You blame the person that brought the horse into the kitchen. Like, you know what to expect. Like, you know what to expect. You know, he's not going to hit that. So with that, like, if we are still trying to make that vertical ball, that, that 40 yard bomb work, and we're sitting here complaining, oh, well, why can't Kellen hit that? No, that's our fault adjust the damn offense to where we don't need that, you know? And, and if that's an important part of the game plan, if we, if our offense cannot function without that being there, then again, the question comes about, we have to use that as a, as a tool to evaluate whether Kellen is the right quarterback for this offense. Yeah. Part, part of my problem with the criticism of Kellen is that, and it might have to do with what's going on in Austin right now is that you want him to be, a 425 yards again, a 400 yard passer, four or five TDs on a good day, and then average about 375 like like Ellinger is over in Austin, and he's playing one better defenses. Two, that's just not who he is. He's he's a dual threat, Jake Fromm. He's 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 gonna do what you if when he's playing good, he's gonna do enough to get you to win the game. He's gonna win. He's gonna get the sticks with his legs a couple times. Yeah. He's gonna dink and dunk you, and hopefully he hits that one or two long balls. Yeah. Um, the turnovers we got to fix. I mean, that, that's all there is. You know, to, yeah. I'd also say too that you know the challenge of comparing, and I, I agree that's a you, you can't help but compare Ellinger to to, to Mond and fuck Ellinger's just a really really talented player. Last week, man, that frustrates was the hell out of me. But I think there's another challenge here too about the ease at which you can find success in a system. Like right now what you know ut lost however many wide receivers that they lost they got graduate transfers from michigan and a couple other places and those grad transfers are kicking ass right now you know like you it's just plug and play you you just go like it's not difficult i think ellinger runs that system really really well but i don't think it's difficult to have to find success as a skill position player in that offense and i think that it i think there is in the back of my mind, I can't help but think that there it is really difficult to be a successful skill position player in our offense if you're not a tight end or a running back. Mm-hmm. Like it's our offense in in you know that that's who we hired. We hired Jimbo. That's who he is, and that's fine. And he's had success at a high level in other places. And I have no doubt in my mind that next year I feel like the offense is going to look better under Haynes King because he's Jimbo's guy. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, some of this stuff, like, I, 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 I can come down on Mond, even though I love the kid and all that stuff. But some of this stuff, like, some of this stuff's got to fall on Jimbo. Like, some of this stuff's got to fall on the game plan. Some of this stuff's got to fall on the offensive scheme. Some of this stuff's got to fall on the fact that, you know, we it, 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 we see, like, we started off the game. Our, what, is our, what is our bread and butter this year? Our bread and butter this year is not our wide receivers. Not at all, Right. Our bread and butter this year is probably the running game. we got two of the best running backs in the league right now. What do we start off the game? We first pass is to Wiedermeyer that was slightly behind him. 
second play was a pass, third to dropped, third play was a pass dropped. You know, and then we got ourselves in a hole to start to get both our first two possessions because of special teams mistakes. Yeah, like, you know, you it's just you can't do that. You can't start a game like that, even against Bandy. You know, put yourself in a hole. Yeah, at all game. And so, you know, part of me just thinks that everything that everything everything about 2020 was just wrapped up into the, this game. Yeah. But, you know, lack of practice, everything being discombobulated, everything just being like coaching. I, I mean, I, I like the only position that I thought played, there was certain players I thought played well. I thought DeMarvin Leal played really well. Fuck, Buddy Johnson had a great game. Leon O'Neal, like how about him like coming back and, doing like doing big things like i'd say they had you know he had they had good games spiller had a good game you know i think collectively there is a there was a lot of players who had good games as units i think that there's a lot to fix across the board and you know i think that that's that's what you kind of get for your first game and so be it yeah yeah i want to bring the the one the positive outlook you know after all that that we had a down at the whole program jalen jones it's the secondary as a whole. The secondary, yeah. looked, I mean, not playing the town yeah. of Alabama, but the secondary looked so much better. I haven't seen Miles Jones make plays like he did. That, that was really encouraging to me. Like, I yep. feel like Damani played like a man out of Yeah, he's just, a, he's just a monster. He's I a monster. Like, I like it. You know, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, the, the, the weird part about it is that's what, like, as much as I just, like, as, as, as frustrating as this game was to watch, Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm insane. I can't help but have a little bit of hope for the game this weekend. You know, I, the reality of the situation is, is that last year we got, whipped our, we got whipped by Tua. Like, Tua kicked our ass. He threw for almost 300 yards. Mac Jones isn't Tua, mm-hmm. you know. And if we can somehow, if we can hold them to that 24, 28-point range, who knows? You know, like, if we can do what – basically, if we can do what Vanderbilt did to us, like, control clock, limit possessions, force them into a mistake or two. Just like last year, Elko schemed up that that uh, that interception that Richardson had in the end zone. Like, that was yeah. all scheme. Basically, he baited him into one thing and knew exactly where two was going to go with the ball, and he picked the ball off. We can, yeah. we can do that. Again, like, it's totally it, – maybe it sounds absolutely ridiculous after having only beaten Bama by five points, but, like – I it wouldn't put it. I wouldn't be shocked if it was a close game going into the fourth against Alabama this weekend. I, I, I think, I think if right you need inspiration, what's up, Flounder? Oh, I was just saying I'm right there with you. I, I'm. Yeah. I, I think I totally agree. Like I, I think that there was especially after the game, looking at because during the game I'm the most irrational battered Aggie on planet Earth. But post game, especially a couple of days later, you're looking at it, and I'm choosing. Maybe it's just me being irrational, but I'm choosing to see the positives that we just talked about. And I, and I'm right there with you, man. I think that if we control the clock this weekend, that we have more than a chance to at least keep it competitive. And who knows? 2020 is a weird year, man. Actually, yeah. And, and if you need inspiration that week one doesn't define your season, just look at Kansas State. They <laughs> now they're. One and one, and people are trying to rank them in the top fifteen with a lost argument. And I'll tell you what, Chris Kleiman can coach. That dude yeah. can coach. He is a good sure. coach. You hire a dude from North Dakota State, like that's a good ass coach right there. That's a fact. Oh. All righty. Well, you got any uh, comments to hop in on? We just kind of talked about what we our general thoughts, and then we're. I, I want to ask a 
a little bit of a, I guess you could call it game. We'll go around. Yeah, just real quick. I mean, I don't know what all y'all talked about, obviously, but um, Alabama. I don't know how many of you guys actually watched the game. Obviously, a lot of you were at the game, at the A and M game, so you weren't watching it. But I was watching Alabama on my other screen, and they didn't look in sync at all. I mean, they were relying completely on talent. Obviously, it's Alabama against Arkansas. They're going to whoop their ass. Yep, that's the one. But anyways, <laughs> um, you could tell that they lost some at the wide receiver. And last year, Mac Jones could just kind of get the ball out in space to their dudes and let them go. Um, they lost a little bit at wide receiver, and it showed. Um, and It's easy to forget that, like, Bama's never been really like a wide receiver factory, right? Like, these last few years, they've been amazing at wide receiver. But – They've always had one guy and then just controlled play clock, but now they're trying to play a different game. And I I think losing Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs is a lot bigger deal than people are making it out to be for their offense as a whole. Um, Jalen Waddle's still Jalen Waddle, but the rest I saw under behind Jalen Waddle just didn't really, I mean, nothing really stuck out to me at the wide receiver position. Yep. Okay. And remember, too, like last – sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. One thing, you know, part of the reason that last year – last year we lost 47 to 28. Part of the reason that we struggled so much last year is because of Ruggs and Waddle and the kick return game. Mm-hmm. Special like they teams. They just had – you know, like, the, you know, it's – how do you stop Bama and Tua and Waddle and all those people when they're getting the ball on the plus – on our plus side of the 40 yard line. You can't like, you're, you're basically giving up a score there. You, you, you so, have to like, kick it out of the end zone. You know? And so, right. and with that, like there's, there's you know, that the, there's something there, you know, I don't, I don't know, but I think that like, there's, there's correctable things there that we like, you can genuinely look at last year and say, you know what? We, we fucked up here. We, we fucked up, you know? And yeah. I think special teams was a part where we fucked up. It's not that they beat us. Like, you know, yeah, they beat us. They, they, they beat us and they played better at special teams, but it's not as if they were a full, but it wasn't like it, there's a correctable thing. So if we can fix that, we, yeah. can, we can make it into a game. Oh, and every I don't know. Kickoff, every single kickoff needs to go out of, out of the end zone. Yeah, don't, you put it on one single time. Just real quick, we'll start with uh, Woody because he's on the left of my screen. Give me the person that you're most excited for after watching last week and the person that you are like, you kind of just want to see more from them before you either write them off or sign them up. So, Woody, who who are your two? Um, I think the person I, what was the first one was the person I'm excited yeah, so to the see. One's the one you're most excited up for, and then the other one could be somebody that either disappointed you or you're not ready, you're not as high on them as everybody else is. You want to see more from them. Sure. Um, the first one is definitely the running backs in general. Just give me more Anaya Smith. Give me more Isaiah Spiller. Get creative with it. Obviously, I want to see more two-back sets. I think we were playing a pretty vanilla ball game against Vandy. Um, but Get as versatile as you can with those two guys because those are the two best playmakers on your offense every time they're on the field. Um, 
The person, I mean, I know everybody's rushing to say Michael Clemens finally showed up. This is finally Michael Clemens, blah, blah, blah. Let me see him string games together against opponents that are, you know, more up to our standards before I yeah, buy into Michael he's, Clemens. He's going to be going against a first-round pick this week, no matter what side he's on. Yep. So. Give me more of it. But I've been burned by Michael Clemens' hype one too many times to believe it this early in the season. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. String, you want to go next? Sure. Um, so, so guys that kind of impressed me that I was really pleased to see play really well. Um, I think the first one, it's kind of an obvious statement, but I thought DeMarvin Leal just had a dominant game. Like, yeah. I mean, he's just a beast out there. Like, you five-star players are five-star players, and he is a five-star player. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's a beast out there. So I think he's one. I think another guy that I was really pleased to see perform really well was uh, um, Caleb Chapman. You know, oh, yeah. I, I thought he played pretty well. You know, I think like maybe the light's starting to come on for him, and I was pretty pleased. And you know, he's a big dude who can run, and and that's a pretty decent, you know, pretty decent matchup right there. And I'm pretty yeah. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, as far as dudes who I hope can you know who who I have faith in and can hope that they can improve as a whole. Oh gosh, that's a good one. Um, I would say, you know, Kellen aside, I would put the entire offensive line. Like yeah. I, I think that, you know, I, I, you know, we saw we saw Dan Moore struggle a little bit. We saw, I think, we saw every position on the line struggle a little bit at some point in time during the game, and I think that they're capable of more. You know, just the fact that they were given us clean pockets that wasn't something that we saw a ton of last year. Um, and so I, I have faith in their ability to, to, to step the game up, step their game up a little bit next week. So I think yeah. that those are yeah, Chapman and Leal and then the offensive line. Yeah, that, that O-line is going to have to play their best game next week because you're not, not messing around with Vandy's D-line anyway. This, these Bama's coming. Boys, and you're going to have to throw the ball too. Yep. And, well, and like, you know, to that point, I, I was giving – again, on Texas, I have this huge – reputation of being a Mon Homer and I will 100% own that like I will own the fact that I probably argued when I didn't need to argue I think one of the things that frustrates me is a lot of people want to give him shit for some of the balls that he threw being not necessarily perfectly thrown balls and I'll give him that that's perfectly fine like he doesn't throw the most perfect ball but you know that and the wide receivers have one job and that one job is to catch the ball right mm -hmm. and if we're not going to give Kellen credit for making throws under duress why would we give wide receivers for making catches when the ball is not at the exact right place that's your job go do it you know what I'm saying yep. and so I think that like part of that is the offensive line like I think we know what Kellen is we know he's not going to throw the most catchable ball 99% of the time you're going to get a catchable ball 50% of the time you know right. there's going to be 50% of the time that you get a catchable ball there's going to be 10 per, probably 30% of the time that you get a really, really perfect ball. And there's going to be 40% of the time that it's going to be a terrible ball. And that's why he's a 60% passer. you know? That's <laughs> you know? So and the, going to like, get the ball that leads me to mind of the guys that I need to see, you got to get more out of the, whether it's Demas coming in and getting playing time or Caleb Chapman playing better. I mean, he played good. He still dropped a couple balls. He wasn't, we don't have, we need to see somebody that a go get the ball kind of guy. Like, go and get the ball. The ball's near you. Go get that son of a bitch. And we just – we see that. Some yet. of that is attitude. Some of that, you know, it, it's – we're now working on – like, the last time we had a go-getter wide receiver consistently was um, – Josh Reynolds. 
you know, was Josh Reynolds. You can maybe even say Sternberger back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like he was a go get it kind yeah. of a dude. You know, I don't, we haven't had that in a while. And under Jimbo, we haven't had a wide receiver who is consistently a go get it kind of a guy. Right. We have those guys who have had moments where they're go getters, like Courtney Davis and everybody mm-hmm. against Alabama or everybody against LSU like two years ago, Clemson yeah. two years ago. Again, at some point, like, it's one of those things where kind of the same thing with Jimbo. At some point, you got to wonder whether some of these things are systemic issues and come down to coaching. Yeah, I think I think now we finally have – oh, I mean, not finally, because, you know, we've had some talent. We've had talent at receiver, but Demas is one of those guys that is in his blood, in his DNA. He's a go-get-it. Yeah. You sure. get him on the field, he's going to do it. Chapman, I mean, you saw it in high school with his film. Yeah, well, I mean, like, right now we're trotting guys out, like, Chapman was a four-star. Preston was a four-star. Cam Brown was a four-star. You know, you know Dylan Wright, he's on the bench right now, but he was a four-star. He's like, another big-time target that will go up and get a ball. You yeah. know, and so really, like, we've got the talent is there. Like, the raw talent is there. And really, it comes down to who's going to go out and make a play. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I'm tired of, like, I, I, I appreciate the fact that people want to – that people want to – that, you know, wide receivers should expect well-thrown balls. Granted, absolutely, that is something that they should expect. In order for the offense to run, we got to give our wide receivers the opportunity to get yak. They can't get yak if they're trying to catch balls around their ankle. 100% get that, and that is on Kellen, absolutely. But, fuck, you need a guy who's going to go out there and say, if the ball is anywhere around me, I'm going to go get it, and I'm going to go make a play, and I don't give a shit. Like, uh, like this, you know, it's a third, that's what you a, a third down play, and all you need to spark that scoring drive is one catch – one difficult catch. You don't maybe you don't need the yak this time. It's a yep. third and eight. You know he's running ten yards. Out of the field. Go get that ball. Get that first down. Yep. Um, but and, and, and to their credit, they did make a lot of catches the the other night. That I'm like, you know what? That would have been a drop ball by one of the guys last year. Yeah. And so yeah. They, it, we're getting there. You know, we're getting there. Right. We yeah. just got to get better at it. The 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 good offensive teams we had in 2012, 2013, they had tons of guys that could go get. You know, Ed Pope and and I, Mike. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, and, and I said, hey, Mike. So, okay, yeah. I think if, if they do that, that'll help the offense so much. Yep. But yeah. my guys that played well, and I'm excited to see do more, is the two corners, Jalen Jones and um, and what's his name? Um, Miles Jones. Miles, Miles, because we're going to need them next week. They're going against stud receivers. We got to make sure that – we got to see that Miles Jones isn't the same guy we've seen where he just can't keep up with with the – Five stars, Bama's trots out there. If he can keep up with them, just not give up those big, you get burned plays. The defense looks totally different than it did the last three times we played them. Yeah. Yep. And what about you? Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, this was the most physical secondary I've seen play since I've watched A&M football. Obviously, (laughs) I wasn't around for the wrecking crew days. This right. was the most physical I've ever seen in A&M secondary. Oh, I mean, maybe like those 2010 teams. <laughs> the, those Dude, teams. That 2011 team. 2010 was I, – I don't know. They just look like different specimens that I'm used to yeah. seeing on the field. Yeah. They, they're just completely different levels of athletes. Who was that safety that was just – Trent Hunter. Trent Hunter. Hunter was just out there killing guys. The guy that got absolutely fucked in the Texas game. (laughs) Too soon. Too soon. Anyways, louder talk before I go on a rant. 
So uh, you said a guy that I'm excited about after the game? Yeah. Okay, so one guy that I'm excited about, and I feel like it's kind of a cop-out by saying this, but just because no one mentioned him, Buddy Johnson, man. I mean, dude's a stud. He's a psychopath. Absolute psychopath. He was killing people. He's he's 240 pounds or something like that, right? The dude is just uh, an absolute specimen, and I mean, he's got such like – that's the linebacker that I've been waiting on. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I love the dude. I, I think he, I, you know, I, I just hope he continues to progress and, uh, and make this defense, you know, what, what it should and can be. Um, but then you said another guy that, uh, that I kind of want to see more out of. Um, I, I don't know. Cause, okay. So, uh, you know, James said uh, the, the uh, corners, like, absolutely. I, I, I think that that would be my answer. And I don't even want to say this is in like a bad way, but I want to see more out of Cam Brown, man. I love that kid. I think that he's going to be a stud. I, he's a redshirt freshman, right? He's, he's a yeah, redshirt. Okay. Yeah. So I love, I love Cam Brown. I think he's going to be good. Um, I don't know. I just, I, he had two for 26 or something like that. He's something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if we can get him a little bit more involved. Uh, I, I would like to see that. I don't know how much that's going to happen once we bring Dimas into the fold. That was my other question about this weekend. Where the hell was he? Why didn't we see him that much? And I'm, I'm sure that it's out there now, but I've been in class all day. <laughs> so real quick on Buddy Johnson, do you guys remember when he, when questions about his size were being brought up in his yes, recruitment I process? Do. The dude he was, was a, 210 he was a, he was pounds. A quarter, yeah. He was a quarterback too, wasn't he in high school? Yeah, yeah. he was yep. 210 soaking wet. And people were like, ah, is he going to have to slide up to safety? Like, <laughs> does he have the speed for that? I don't know. He's a little bit of a tweener. Now he's 240 pounds of chiseled muscle, not an ounce oh, of fat on his body. That dude just worked man. his fucking ass off. And you could see yeah. him get bigger and bigger every year. Yeah. And, and, and to your point, I don't mean it early. You know, one thing about that, I feel like there is a different level of appreciation for folks who follow recruiting that they have of players' development. Just because, like, you know, when you see the product on the field, it's one thing. But, like, when you see – when you think about a guy like Buddy Johnson and where he was in high school and stuff like that, and even some of the dudes in the pros right now, like, you know, one of my favorites is Jermaine Illuminor. Yeah. Eric McCoy. You know, like, all those guys. Like, whenever – like, I remember when when, when Illuminor was coming out of JUCO Mm -hmm. and, like – I remember following him closely when he flipped from Arkansas. Now he's starting for the Patriots, you know, Mm -hmm. and Eric McCoy last night, like you see him as a three-star at that class of 2015 that everybody else had all the, like, you know, Dalen Mack and Malik Jefferson and all those other folks. There's little Eric McCoy as a (laughs) three-star. And all of a sudden he's down there like making blocks for Alvin Kamara. Like, yep. Like Donovan Wilson. You know, there's so much that like, uh, that's part of the reason that like, that that's part of the reason that I really have a hard time shitting on individual players is because when yeah. you when you see them from when they're aged like base I mean I'm 40 y'all like when you see them from their when when they're 15 16 years old to now they're in their 20s like you just I don't know you just develop appreciation for them as a person you know that it's not as if they're trying to whenever they do make mistakes you know they're not trying to shit the bed I made a mistake yeah. you know shit happens you know and I feel like there's a level of I don't know there's a level of care maybe I'm getting soft in my old age but like there's a level of <laughs> There's a level of care associated with it. So I, I mean, you know how hard it was for me to not scream at the top of the, my lungs. I'm a man. I'm 40. Come after me. 
I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> I, should I think back on that? I'm like, man, he was a head football coach at a D1 institution at the age of 40. What the hell am I doing with my life? <laughs> uh, with, the, with this whole sports blog and everything now, I'm starting to try to like dive into the film and just kind of see like why everything happened and what happened. I don't, I'm not obviously a college coach, but I played enough to kind of understand. Um, you talked about Yak earlier, String. Um, that is kind of why Jalen Preston is the one I want to see more out of, and I'm really excited. Um, I want to see more of him. He really excited me. He, I, I don't remember exactly his numbers, but our offense in general, like last year with Q, we had a guy that was really fast and could break away and get out in the open, but we haven't had a guy that when he catches the ball, he's going to make a move, make you miss, and get up the field. But Q could kind of do that, not really, but mostly like – Jamon and Kendrick and all those boys, they catch the ball and they're coming right at you trying to put you on your ass and run through you, which is good and everything. You, you can have a couple of those guys, but at the same time, Jalen Waddle, you, you can put you and Jalen Waddle on the box and he's still going to get out of the box without you touching him kind of deal. We need something like that. And Jalen Preston and Cam Brown showed a couple moves, catch the ball. There's one where I thought he was Jalen Preston was about to get murdered on yeah. the screen where Caleb Chapman missed the block. Jalen Preston makes the guy miss and still gets another seven yards. We had 216 yards of yards after contact, just in general, running backs, wide receivers, everybody. So 215 yards, yards after contact, we had 375 total yards. So, so again, compares to normal teams, but I know normal A&M teams, that's not even yeah. close. Yep. So, the, but again, going back to the – I, what I want to see more of before I buy in, it's that stat because this was Vandy. Yeah. I want to see if we can translate that yards after contact when you have five stars bearing down on you. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, no, no, that's no, no doubt. But I, I saw enough to where I'm excited about Jalen Preston. Sure, and, and no, that was yeah. part, that was part of it. That was part of it. You know, and it and it benefits going back to recruiting. It benefits us from a recruiting lens, from a, in a big perspective, to have Jalen yeah, the light then. come on for Jalen Preston, because yeah. given how highly recruited he was coming out of high school, and then to sit on the bench, especially when all over the country you've got freshman wide receivers tearing shit up. Right. You know, it 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 is it it benefits us for for him to play well right now to be able to say we can develop wide receivers. We can make you <laughs> yeah. better in year four than you were in year one. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the one I want to see more out of, um, I was going to say Michael Clemens. We already talked about that. But I want to emphasize what we said about the O-line. We, we talked about how the pass pro looked pretty good, and it did. The biggest problem I have is with that right side of our line. We just – every ten plays we whiff on somebody, whether it's Carson Green or Jared Hawker, we whiff – you, can, you can't whiff, especially when you're playing Alabama. That's how Jared Allen comes and puts his chest. Or what was his? Yeah, Jonathan Allen. Jonathan, Jonathan Allen. Allen comes and puts Superman. Every night. Stuff like that. You can't whiff. We, we have too many whiffs going back to last year. And then the biggest thing with our run block, the reason that there's more to be de desired out there and, like, everybody's kind of like, eh, we – are just having a stalemate at the line of scrimmage, which is fine. We're holding our guys. We're holding the D-line rough, which is fine. But, man, those linebackers, they're just scraping, filling holes, not touched. We can't get to the second level. And next week with Dylan Moses and Christian Harris and another year under his belt, 
they are going to just tee off on Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith if we can't figure out how to get to the second level. So that's kind of what I want to see more of is like be better at – like we, we've progressed so far from where we were last year, but we still have a long way to go if we're going to be what we want to be this year. So yep. that's kind of what I got. Um, y'all want to kind of wrap it up or you got anything else you want to talk about, String, or – yeah, the only thing I was going to say was, you know, going back to that recruiting thing and talking about um, talking about Donovan, you know, you think back on Donovan signing with Utah or almost signing with Utah and Anaya is almost going to Duke. Yes. Like you think about all of us watch plenty of college football. You can think about like watching a Utah game or watching a Duke game and be like, damn, who the hell is that dude? Yep. You know, and it, it feels really good that those dudes, like we were able to find those dudes and bring them here because I know every single one of us, you know, Anaya's would have gone to Duke and, you know, would have gone off for like 300 yards a damn game or something yeah. like that. So it's nice to, it's nice to know that we got them over to our side in that moment. Yeah. I mean, I know you read the Texags thread of uh, when they pulled it up that Anias had committed and everybody said, oh, God, preferred walk on blue on shirt. What, what's going on here? <laughs> so, you know, I posted this on the Texags thread on the boards too. Like I post on inside Texas because it's a great board and the owners of that board are good friends of mine and stuff. And, Whenever Anais was being recruited, one of his coaches posted there, and he posted all sorts of, like, really, really great things about Anais. His football savvy already works, all that other stuff. And that was, like, that's what made me go back and watch the film on it. And I'm like, all right. I mean, when I go watch film, I'm like, well, fuck, this guy's good at football. Well, they're all good at <laughs> right. football. I don't have the nuance to be able to understand how good at football and stuff. But it was really – it's really cool to see, like, that and then see it translate over as a true sophomore. Like, he's just yeah. – the, the dude's a bully, and it's, it's cool to see. Love yeah, it, man. Yeah, Texas doesn't want to recruit if they're not a four-star, <laughs> 150 in the nation. We don't want him. No. Don't yeah. want him. Send his yeah. ass, send his scrub ass to Baylor or something. <laughs> All right. So before I, before I let you go, everybody, give me your biggest key on what it's going to take to pull the upset this weekend. Oh. String what you got. Take care of the ball. Yep. Give us a String. chance, man. Give us a chance. Flounder? So I would say take care of the ball, but uh, in the, in the, for the sake of being different, uh, I'm going to say we need some solid offensive line push. <clears throat> James? Uh, I'm going to go with you don't have to win the trenches. you got to just manage. You can't get whooped too bad in the trenches because that's what Alabama wants to do. You. Yeah. Offensive, offensive side, can't get whooped. You can't give them just gaping holes to run through like we've done in the past. Um, just manage the trenches and let Buddy Johnson do his job. Mm-hmm. Woody? I think you need to be plus two in the turnover margin and control the uh, get, control the time of possession. Yeah. You got to play keep away from Alabama. <clears throat> I'm going to go with you. You got to win the time of possession, and then I, I think you're going to have to get over 50 yards rushing from Kellen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some form or fashion. You're going to have to keep him honest. Uh, so if you if you can get them flowing towards where Kellen and freezing people up, and maybe that creates another lane for Isaiah or Anias to get through before they can gang tackle him. Um, there's a whole lot of things you could go with, but I think we kind of nailed it on the head there. 
Um, yeah. Thanks for hopping on. I, I don't really want to hey. get this kind of long. Um, just kind of real quick review. Throw out a 45-minute episode where we talk about the game last week and sure. look forward to next week. So. Sounds good. Appreciate y'all's time. Let's go beat the at Alabama, y'all. Yes, sure. You're right. great. You articulate. Right, good night. But the bonfire's built in varsity's horns and sold right off his head. He's a fighting Texas A.